welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Starting from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15, um, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Talking about Jesus. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person or a new creation. The old life is gone, a new life has begun, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. So usually we, we love that verse, especially when we want to give people the opportunity of giving their lives to Jesus, that when we give our lives to Christ, we become a new creation, new person. The old is gone, the new life has become. And that is incredible. But so often we forget the next verse straight after that. And I just want to read it again. And this, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Jesus has done it um, on the cross. He died and rose again to break the curse of sin and death. He's given us hope. He's given us forgiveness, washed our sins away. But there's a new part now that we take responsibility. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Jesus. All of us collectively that call ourselves believers, it is our responsibility now to show people that they can be reconciled to God through Jesus. We all have work to do. It's not just for the pastors or those that are great at ministry. It's for every single one of us collectively. So with that in mind, let's jump to Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 10. Those of you that know me know this is one of my favorite portions of Scripture. God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. That word masterpiece or workmanship, it's the very best work of a master craftsman. God looks at you today and He says, man, you're one of the best things I have ever made. And God doesn't make junk. You are so precious. You are so valuable to God. He loves you so much. That's another message for another time. But later on, it says he's got things planned for us to do. He's planned, he's predestined, he's preordained that you can do incredible things for his glory on planet Earth. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. And everything God has called you to do and asked you to do, he's going to empower and enable you, give you the tools to be able to do that. Why do I know that? In Philippians 4.13, it says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Amazing scriptures. Again, just bouncing around a little bit. Romans 12, verse 4 to 6, keeping with the theme. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. It's the church. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. He's created us, He's called us, He's set us apart, He's given us work to do, plans that He's preordained for us. We are masterpieces, He's a destiny now, 
and then it's an incredible thing that now we're, we're placed in this incredible living body called the church. There is a specific and a unique part for all of us to play. We are so needed. We are so valuable. And um, I love this whole thing of shape. It's a, I don't even know if it's an anagram. I probably get that wrong all the time. But the, the, the words or the letters shape uh, represent a few words. So S is spiritual gifts. H is heart. A is ability. P is personality. And E is our experiences. And I know I'm going, I've got a lot of notes this morning. You can just go on that Bible app, um, click on mobile data, and you can find us using your location, and all the notes are there, Renew Church NZ. So we all have a unique shape. Um, and even in the physical, we all have a unique shape. There's, there's no two of us that are exactly the same. Some of us are tall, some of us are short, some of us are skinny, some of us are not skinny. <laughs> um, we are all different. We have all got this unique different shape. And so it is in the spiritual. We are all uniquely shaped by God for a purpose. So 1 Peter 2 verse 4 and 5 says, You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but was chosen by God for great honour. And you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. The spiritual temple is the church. Um, the church is not an organization. It is a living organism made up of people, and it has organ, organ, organization, obviously. It is organized, but first and foremost, it is made of people. The church isn't a building or a cathedral. It is made up of people, and God calls us living stones. You are a stone. You are, have a unique shape. You are a unique brick in this incredible cathedral, spiritual cathedral called the church. It's like there's this, Simon-shaped hole that only I can fill. There is an Alvin-shaped fill that only Alvin uh, can fill. There's a, a Terry-shaped hole and a Maddie-shaped hole, James-shaped hole. I could go through everyone that's here this morning. Um, fill your name in that. You are so valuable. You are so precious. God has called you for a specific purpose. He's given you a specific shape to see His kingdom advance on planet Earth. We've got work to do. It's time to rise up and take our place in this incredible living cathedral called the Church of Jesus. So the second half this morning, I'm just going to go through uh, what makes up this incredible word shape. So first of all, spiritual gifts. The Bible teaches that God gives every believer spiritual gifts to be used to see the good news spread, to be used to demonstrate the love and the goodness of God. Every single one of us, we have spiritual gifts, at least one. So what is a spiritual gift? It's something that we cannot do by ourselves. It's something that we can only do with God and with the power of God. It is usually supernatural. Now we live in a time where almost every month it seems that there's a Marvel or a DC movie comes out and there's a, the hero is a normal person that's had, have got supernatural um, superpowers and you know, all the fantasy movies and novels is usually always someone that has a superpower or supernatural abilities and, and we, we are drawn to that. Um, but I just want to tell you something, the church, us as Christians, we are the real X-Men. God has given us incredible supernatural gifts that we can use to demonstrate His kingdom and His power to, to show broken people and hurt people that there is healing, there is freedom, there is a new day, there is destiny in God. And that is available for every single one of us. 
And just a couple of examples is um, praying for people and seeing them healed. Um, God revealing to you some, some future aspects in someone's life. Um, God revealing to you something that in someone's life that only God alone knows so that you share it in love with a person and they know that God is speaking with them. This is available for every single one of us. It's my personal opinion that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like the launch pad for these spiritual gifts. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when you encounter God in His love, in His power, in His glory, and you are filled like waterlogged with, with God's Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, you can live a victorious Christian life. You're filled with boldness. You can speak in a language that God gives you that you've never learned before. This is available for all of us. And we need to be hungry for it. This broken world needs you and I to rise up and understand that we carry the supernatural power of God and this world is desperate for it. So please not get into discussions and debate this all away. Get hungry for it. Every single one of us. Spiritual gifts. Number two, heart or passion. The Bible uses the term heart to represent the center of your motivation, desires, interests, inclinations. Uh, and every one of us, in, in the physical again, we have a unique heartbeat. Um, there, there is no heartbeat that is the same. My heartbeat is, is a bit weird. Um, <laughs> I won't go into that. Uh, but but there's, there's no two of us have the same heartbeat. And it's exactly the same again with God. Um, our heart beats and breaks emotionally for different things. And that's the way God has made us. For one person, um, they are moved emotionally for a certain age group. And for other people, it's a certain people group. And for other people, it's like to help addicts be set free. For other people, it's raising up kids. For other people, it's leadership um, and, and mentoring. For other people, it's helping people getting set up in business. For other people, for example, it's, it's helping rescue people out of trafficking. What, how is your heart moved and motivated? What is your heart inclined towards? What does your heart break for? Because we are all different. God gives us different spiritual gifts and He gives us a different heart. And quite often that is a great indicator for where your ministry lies, for what breaks your heart, for what your heart is drawn towards. So spiritual gifts, heart number three, abilities. So often, and you may have said this, well, God can't use me because God only uses people with skills. Like God only uses that person over there because he's a great communicator or that person over there, they're great with, with people and that person over there has got amazing abilities in music. Um, God can't use me because God only uses people with skills. <laughs> so it sounds like a movie I've heard um, once upon a time. I want to say that every single one of us, you are ridiculously skilled. The average person has between 500 to 700 skills. Please don't say you are not skilled. You are absolutely phenomenally skilled. I think a lot of us need to realize perhaps that we just have to discover what we are good at and then we need to have the opportunity to develop that. So first of all, it's, it's gift or ability discovery. Um, and probably, to be honest, a lot of the time we discover what we're good at by doing a whole lot of things and realizing what we're not good at. Uh, and then it narrows it down somewhere. So I, I, I just encourage everyone, just start getting involved. When there's an opportunity for serving or for ministry, you will quite soon discover what you're not good at and you'll discover what you're good at. So um, discovery and then developing that, having the opportunity. 
And I think this is more than just a Sunday. It's more than just being on a cafe or being a whatever service team. It goes so much further than just an hour and a half on a Sunday. I know there are people in Renew Church right now, you've got ridiculous, incredible skills. Perhaps right now may not be being championed for the kingdom, but you've got so much potential in you. And I just wrote a list of just some random things, researching, writing, landscaping, promoting, decorating, planning, repairing, entertaining, drawing, organizing, making, maintaining, resource gathering, and the list goes on and on. God has given you the ability to do certain things well. That's Romans 12, 6. And I just encourage you, start to discover and then start to develop what you can do well um, with the abilities and with the passion you've got, with the spiritual gifts. Take your place as that incredible living stone in the church. Fourth is personality. We've got four incredible kids. Um, We've raised them exactly the same, the exact same nurturing, but they are all completely different personalities. Now, sometimes I realize that our experiences shape our personalities, but we are born, uh, and there's nothing we can do about it as parents. Uh, Our kids just have different personalities, and and God is not a cookie-cutter God. He didn't like have six personalities. Personalities and said, right, there's only six different types of people in the world. We are all so different. We've got incredible different personalities. He makes some people introverts, which is the best personality, by the way, introverts and extroverts. He makes uh, people that love variety and people that love routine, people that need to be ordered and people that just like going with the flow. Um, he likes, he has created people that work better solo, people that love being in a team. He loves people that um, don't mind being more in the public arena. He's, he's created people with personalities that very much like being behind the scenes. And I think our personalities would, would show and affect how we use our abilities and our spiritual gifts. For example, an introverted evangelist will minister completely different than an extroverted evangelist, and both are so valuable. Um, there is no right or wrong personality or temperament for ministry. I want to say that again. There is no right or wrong personality for ministry. So for me, like I said, I'm introverted. Um, most pastors I know are very extroverted, and I've, 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 it's taken a long time for me to realize God's made me the way I am for a purpose. He doesn't make mistakes, and I just need to spend the time discovering and developing how and, and who God has made me as and just be really uh, restful in that. And I think it's a lesson for all of us. There's no right or wrong temperament for ministry. When you minister in a manner that is consistent with the personality God gave you, his yoke and his burden for you, you will experience fulfillment and fruitfulness and rest in your ministry, in your life. God never wanted us to freak out and to stress out and to burn out with anxiety. He's called us to be ourselves for a reason. Again, to take that unique place in the kingdom of God. Lastly, experiences, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God never wastes an experience. And again, our experiences can point to where we sort of fit in the body of Christ. Our educational experiences, what were your favorite subjects at school? Vocational experiences, what jobs have you enjoyed doing and achieved results while doing them? 
spiritual experiences, what have been meaningful and decisive times with God in your life, ministry experiences? How have you fruitfully served God in the past when you've ministered? There's been a grace upon your life in that area. Painful experiences. What are the problems, hurts, and trials that you have learned from, that you have lived through? Because you can be such an encouragement and such a comfort for other people who are right now walking through those hard times. So shapes, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experiences, we are all completely different. And it is time for us to rise up and to take our place. Um, as living stones, and to understand that we are so valuable, we are so unique. God has created us as a masterpiece, and he's got good things in store for us to do. So take away wisdom as I close this up. First of all, wise stewardship of your life begins by discovering and understanding your shape. There is so much more to this life than just giving your life to Jesus. That is the very beginning. He's got plans for us to, to do. He's got work for us to do. But why stewardship? We've only got one shot at this life. Begins by discovering and understanding your shape. Number two, don't try and be a banana if God has created you to be an apple. Now, there are going to be some people that just don't like bananas. And the worst thing we can do if we've been created as a banana is to pretend that we're an an apple and vice versa because it's just never going to work. If God has created you to be an apple, be the best apple you can be. God has sovereignly determined your shape for his purpose and you shouldn't resent it or be envious of others. It's a huge lesson for me. You know, some of those amazing pastors, they can walk into the room and everyone turns, it's like all the angels of heaven's like, oh, that person is amazing. Um, Every word that they speak is so articulate um, and they can talk about the weather and a hundred people get saved. Um, I'm not like that and I shouldn't, I must not try to be like that. God is sovereign. He's created us a certain way and he knows best. Romans 9, 20 to 21. And I'm reading uh, from the message for a change. Who in the world do you think you are to second guess God? Do you for one moment suppose any of us knows enough to call God into question? Clay doesn't talk back to the fingers that mold it saying, why did you shape me like this? Isn't it obvious that a potter has a perfect right to shape one lump of clay into a vase for holding flowers and another into a pot for cooking beans? Really wise words. Number three, don't bury your shape. There's a parable of the talents um, in the Bible, and it's a very sobering um, parable by Jesus. Um, And God does not smile upon people that bury their talents and don't do anything with with what God has given us. Remember, he knows what he's doing. You are a masterpiece. He's created you with phenomenal giftings and abilities, experiences, spiritual gifts. And he has promised that for what he's planned for you to do, he's going to enable you. He's given you everything you need to do that because he's such a great father. Please don't bury your gifts. Don't bury your shape. Fourthly, get involved. Imagine what churches would be like and their impact on cities if every single one of us took this seriously. We we took steps to discover our shape, um, to develop our shape, uh, to nurture and then practice out of the shape. Um, I I, I love Lego. I really do, even though I'm nearly 50 years old. Um, 
but I, you know, when you get that first, like when I got that Millennium Falcon, that was incredible. Uh, it just did not look like a Millennium Falcon when we got it. There was like bazillion parts and like a 500-page manual to put it together. I was given this incredible gift, but it was up to me to, to, to learn about it and then to build it. God has made you phenomenal. He has gifted you with so much, but we need to learn and discover and practice uh, and when we have opportunities come our way, to, to be confident and to try something new and to discover the incredible man and woman of God that he's created us to be. There is an incredible online tool called freeshapetest.com. And so this whole thing about shape is not unique. Uh, it's not original. I think it was Saddleback Church that's really championed it. Um, but they've developed this free online shape discovery tool, freeshapetest.com. Com. It takes about 20 minutes. I encourage every single one of us um, as a church to just spend some time this week just doing that. Um, it could be life-changing for you. Some of us were like, oh, yeah, I sort of know that, but it's really, really good. It's a great place to start um, to discover your shape. It's freeshapetest.com. So in conclusion, wrapping up, Jesus has made us incredible masterpieces to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. He already has plans for us to do, and he's given us access to everything we need to accomplish them. You will be the most effective and fulfilled in life when you use your spiritual gifts and abilities in the area of your heart's desire and in a way that best expresses your personality and experiences for the kingdom of God. And God has sovereignly determined your shape for his purpose, so you shouldn't resent it or be envious of others. I'm just going to finish this message with the same scripture reading that I had right at the start, 2 Corinthians. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.